Welcome to Dungeons & Dinners, where the love of fantasy is food for thought. I'm your host, Brett Lindley, and today I'm talking about loving flaws, facing failure, and how mistakes can be the best thing to happen to you. Welcome! Take a seat anywhere. We'll be right with you. Take a couple of pork fillets, season them, and pan-fry them. Deglaze with a red wine, add a touch of sugar, and reduce to a sauce. Accidentally leave the heat too high and walk away. Come back to your wine reduction being reduced to nearly nothing. Uh, freak out because you think you've ruined dinner. Realize that you've got most of the workings of a glaze on hand instead since it's not yet burned. Add a bit more sugar, uh, run with it, and make a wine caramel glaze. Find out that the glaze is better than the sauce usually is, and start cooking it that way from now on. This is, in fact, a true story of how we uh, discovered what is now one of our new favorite meals, a, a wine caramel glazed pork instead of a wine pork in red wine sauce. It was a complete accident and actually birthed from what I legit thought was a disaster. I thought that I had completely ruined dinner and ran around the kitchen trying to figure out while in this heightened nervous kind of irritated state that like I had just spent time prepping this and and getting it going and of course I'm hungry and now I am faced with what I think is potential ruin where uh, we may just have to get out a frozen pizza or make some macaroni and cheese or something. And, and I had wanted a nice dinner and now I've got like dinner burning in a pan and all because I, I walked away. I thought something was going to take, I don't even remember what it was that distracted me. Probably the most minor thing that then, you know, you go to a room like, Oh, I need to go get my water. And then maybe my phone buzzes and I have a text message and then Somebody shares a funny news article and I'm reading that or whatever it is, whatever the distraction was, it was, it went on long enough that I completely forgot that I was in the middle of cooking dinner. And by the time I realized it, I thought that it was ruined, but I took that moment to, to, to look and say, okay, it's not totally ruined. It's not burned to a crisp. So what can I? I do with what I have? How can I take the situation that I'm in and make the most of it? Now, luckily, I had the knowledge and the skill to kind of think outside the box and recover from it. I decided to just completely change course. I was off the recipe, off the rails, in an unknown area where I just have to find something, find something to make this work. So I tasted what was basically just a very thin sauce and it stuck really heavily to my finger. And I realized at that moment, I was like, oh, it's not sweet yet. It's a little sweet, but it's almost a caramel and, or a caramel. And, and maybe I can take this and run with it. What would happen if, because one side of the pork also that all the sugar had like caramelized to the meat on the bottom and, but again, not quite burnt, just very close. So I was like, you know what, let's 
add some more sugar to this and flip everything over and just shoot for the caramel instead and crank the heat up more but stay here and watch it and and try to see what happens now normally i serve this kind of pork over a bed of rice and the sauce is also kind of like a gravy and so that helps a lot in that scenario so we had this white rice with a caramelized pork and while that didn't really go together because the rice is kind of bland without having a sauce over it, the pork was amazing. And it was, you know, this sweet kind of wine and and a, a very thick, sticky sauce on it. And both of us, uh, me and my wife, looked at each other and were like, this is so much better than the old way that you cook it. And I was really excited for that. So I immediately ran it to 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 my bedroom or my office where I have a bunch of recipes on my PC and wrote down uh not necessarily the ingredients but just kind of the steps in that this was something to investigate now on the future times that I've cooked it it's still not a recipe that I have a hundred percent hammered out so it's not something that I can super share with you although I do suggest that you maybe experiment some on your own, um, and maybe I'll share it once I get the, the last few kinks worked out of it, but now it's something that I have to put effort into replicating. So the first time was a complete accident, and I don't know all the parameters. It was, I, I don't know exactly how to recreate it, but now I have a foundation that I can go back to and work on. I know what I want the end result to kind of be. And so now I'm intentionally trying to replicate a failure. And I think that that is something that there's so many directions that you can go with this. It's it's no secret that a lot of famous discoveries were accidents or results of failures of other experiments things like penicillin is probably one of the most you know widely known uh successes from a failure right but i think that it's really interesting to look at failure and to look at how accidents or flaws can really bring out a the more exciting, the more interesting aspects of stories, of games, and of food. There's a lot of foods that were accidents. And I think that a lot of a lot of people tend to focus on perfection in recipes and in DD. I think that when you look at a recipe, you want to replicate all of the steps exactly how they're written, and you want your food to look like the very likely photoshopped or at least really properly lit and professionally photographed food image that's in the book or the website or what have you because we want to we want that perfect thing we want the thing that we're looking at uh, likewise when creating a character you want all of your stats to be as high as they can be so that you can have an epic hero who will never die and save the land from all of the issues that are there right you want to win the game but DD is not really about winning it's about telling a story and when telling a story 
very few times do you have some perfect character and probably even less do you relate to that perfect character and want to see them just win at everything without any trouble like that's there's no conflict there and i think conflict arising from flaws can it it just is one of the bigger linchpins of storytelling character flaws allow for unique relatable situations because we're not perfect beings we have flaws and being able to relate to those flaws or or a character overcoming their situation is is just one of the ways that you get really engrossed in a story a lot of times i myself anyway tend to root for the underdog in any scenario I'm not a big sports person, but if the few times that I do watch sports, I just kind of go, well, who is nobody rooting for? Because that's now who I want to win. (laughs) Um, But I think that a lot of us root for the underdog in a lot of stories. I mean, the, the bad guys in many tales are usually more powerful than the heroes. The heroes are the underdog. So that they, you want them to overcome their lack of power to then win or beat the beat the bad guy or become the hero right and i think that this also comes out a lot in just general dice rolling at least for me in my head when i have a plan i know what i want to do and it relies on an intermediary dice roll I'm not usually planning for what I'm going to do when I don't hit that roll. If I need an acrobatics check or a concentration check to succeed, I'm just kind of planning on it succeeding and then what I'm going to do once it does succeed. And more often than not, uh, at least in the situations where it doesn't succeed, there's that sudden anxiety, that sudden panic of what do I do now? My plan is ruined. I did not intend for things to go this way. And whether it's a single dice roll or a, a whole series of events, uh, no plan survives contact with the enemy kind of thing, it's that panic anxiety moment where you just have to roll with the punches, go with the flow, figure things out, and suddenly think outside the box that some of the coolest moments that I've had playing D&D come from. That's where the story comes from. That we, everything got ruined and yet somehow we still survived is kind of a key storytelling trope that I've seen play out over and over again. And it's fun. That's the memorable moment where we all were on the brink of death and some the, the wildest idea that we had that nobody thought would work or that came out of nowhere is that moment that everybody's excited for and cheers for and rallies around. So try to embrace that failure. Try to embrace a low stat dice roll while making a character. I think a lot of longtime players uh, that I've seen talk about this subject say that That's, you know, maybe you have a character in your head and you need specific, you know, stat roles to make them work or at least make them work optimally because maybe they rely on multiple ability scores being above a 13 or a 15 or whatever. And you don't get those roles during character creation. 
it can be really depressing to not get to play the character that you wanted to play or thought you wanted to play. But it can also be really cool to then just look at it and go, okay, what do I have and what can I make with this? And how can I make a unique and interesting character that maybe I'm not instantly in love with? But if you give them a chance, like if I give them a chance, can they be maybe cooler than the character that I had in mind? How do I surprise myself? It Failures make you, at least they make me kind of face the reality of what, like going and looking for something new, finding a new way to approach a situation. It gets me out of my comfort zone. And I found that a lot of times being outside of my comfort zone, I find all of these cool new things that I didn't think I would enjoy. Uh, maybe I didn't want to have a dwarven wizard character, but now maybe thinking about it, it's not a class that's played very often. And maybe I can carve out a space that or a race class combination that's played very often, but maybe I can carve out a space where this is unique for me. And maybe it gets me to play a wizard and I actually don't often play. So I don't play wizards uh, very often. And, and now I can go experiment with that or whatever your experience is with that. Just that own facing those own internal conflicts, I think just gives you so much room to grow and experience new things. And that new experience means that you're going to put a spin or a flavor onto a trope or a story that maybe other people have told plenty of times before, but if you haven't told it, you will probably add something new to it. Uh, a lot of other notable kind of examples of this is things like uh, chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate chip cookies, when they were first baked, were supposed to be chocolate cookies. And uh, I don't remember the exact details of the story, but essentially they didn't have like the right kind of chocolate or it wasn't melted. And they decided to just throw in like the the Hershey chips or whatever and bake them hoping that the chocolate would spread out when it was baked because they were in a rush or whatever, and that they would still have some semblance of a chocolate cookie. And instead they had these little molten chunks of chocolate in them and they were just as good. Potato chips, likewise, were actually kind of made out of spite. They were less a failure and more of a rejection of norm, where to the customer, uh, they wanted some fried potatoes, but the fried potatoes, they did, they thought they were mushy, they didn't like them, they wanted them crispier, so they sent them back to the cook, and the cook gets mad and goes, I'll show you crispy, and just fries all of the liquid out of them until they're hard, crunchy potatoes, and sends them back, like oversalts them and sends them back and says, here, fine, have this. If you don't like my cooking, then I'll give you this. And they turned out being awesome. And now they're like a staple food item is potato crisps or chips in like every form imaginable you can get them. <laughs> Another one of my, my favorites is that Slurpees, while not a failure, kind of an accident, but again, kind of born out of this idea of adapting to what you have available is there was a, a soda shop that the fridge broke down so they stored some of their sodas in the freezer because that's i mean you people customers would want them cold and they would try to take them out early and guess what customers might be ordering soon so that they would be chilled but not frozen and 
the you know they get a rush of customers in and have to tell them hey some of these may end up being frozen the customers don't really care they say we'll buy it anyway and then it becomes a product that people ask for can you replicate this i want more of these partially frozen sodas because i really like how they are on a hot summer day or whatever and the the store owner then had to spend time inventing a machine that would intentionally make this happen that they could have this perfectly frozen soda on tap like it was just a perfect temperature where it's not fully solid and the slushy machine is born so just thinking about that think about the characters and stories where failure or or having to strive against a situation that is outside of your comfort zone how does that make the story more interesting I think that an often kind of ignored situation from movies and film is Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, like especially like Temple of Doom, nothing goes right. Like Indiana Jones does not really do a lot that is spectacular. He gets captured. The artifact that he is after, you know, when he puts the sandbag down to get the totem is his weights are wrong or his speed isn't quick enough he triggers all of the traps it is a comedy of errors in the sense that everything that he gets into like he loses the totem he never gets it back right like he like loses the ark of the covenant like the nazis get it like it, it it's so but that's what's fun is that he doesn't quit he doesn't stop he continues to try to find a new solution now that the worst thing has happened and it's that continual striving and continual effort that he puts in that that's the excitement. That's why we we want to root for him and cheer for him. Like, think of how short of a movie uh, Groundhog Day would be if there wasn't failure. Like, if, if Bill Murray's character just didn't do anything wrong and didn't have any character flaws, they wouldn't repeat the same day over and over again, right? Like... This constant striving against a character flaw, it just is kind of the definition of character development. And so your character, especially if you're starting out in a game that starts at a lower level, like one to three, your character's not going to be single-handedly fighting gods and taking down Illithid. Like, you're going to have to grow to that. And I think that not just if you let it, not just your stats will go up, but also your character's history, your character's uh, flaws and traits will grow over time as well as you overcome these challenges. It can be really interesting to play a character that has intentional... Fl- I mean, there there's parts in the 5e manual to roll for flaws, but you can give them flaws. Like, not every character has to be super courageous and willing to fight every monster like there's plenty of times where uh there are characters that can be fearful you can be afraid of a giant monster because you don't want to get eaten because that's what happens when people go fight dragons is they get eaten so being unwilling to do that can you know as long as you don't push it to an extent where it causes problems at the table but again i think that a good player group where everybody's kind of aware of that and and you maybe at least let players know like my character may be afraid of things may not want to be in these situations uh at least if you're playing with new players or people that uh aren't 
comfortable playing with you all the time, like a new group, letting them know that you want to roleplay these things can give you a lot of room. Or just a lot of it, like I said, is the unintentional. That's that's a more an intentional flaw, which I think should totally be embraced. But I do want to kind of focus on the the unintentional situations that you encounter are going like don't just move to anger with them like don't get mad at that i mean it's always it's difficult it's always disappointing to not want to roll uh uh, essentially lose your turn and not get to participate in combat or not get the skill check that would have given you the information to know where the big bad's evil lair is or whatever but it just trying to to step back from it a little bit and realize that that gives you an opportunity to try something that you didn't intend to do and to see if there is a space that you can carve out in there to grow as a character as a dm there are so dms have to deal with this all the time where you have a bunch of plot written up and the characters kill the big bad in a single turn and you thought it was going to be a two-hour battle to hold the entire session over and you have nothing planned or the characters completely avoid the noble that had all of the information that would give them a start to their next quest like the the common turn of term of sheet ripping where you just take a whole bunch of plot and that doesn't apply anymore because that character that was a quest giver is now dead and that quest just can't that that's it's gone there's it has to be completely rewritten or reorganized or recycled in some way to if you ever want to see the light of day again but it's not happening right now and suddenly you're in improv mode like that's a, a very common occurrence but i think that those improv modes and those moments are where so many really cool things come out of. And it won't always be great. If I would have left that pork on the stove a minute longer, it would have just been burned and ruined. So there's going to be situations where the bad roll may not work out. I rolled up a character once with a, a good friend of mine. And my first roll, we were doing, we were like, just for fun, let's throw 3d6 straight for stats and just see what happens. And let's try to make characters with that. First roll, 18. I was ecstatic. I was like, I can make something work. Every single roll past that was so low that it started getting depressing. Like I, 10, I think my next highest stat was a 10 or 11. And then everything else was sub eight. It, we're getting like seven, six, five, five, six. And granted, th- I probably could have made something work with that character, but we were hoping for a longer campaign. This wasn't really for a one shot. And I just didn't think that I could run with a single high stat. I'm sure I probably could have, but it, there were enough that we were like, well, maybe straight 3d6 isn't the way to go (laughs) just because some you know i don't mind having a few low stats but one max stat and all low stats is just a little bit harsher than we had intended so i was allowed to re-roll a couple of my numbers and we kind of fiddled some things around and generated a character that was uh, you know closer to an ability point by so not every time that you try to push through a failure 
is it going to work? And sometimes it's it's not always going to be the chocolate chip cookie or the icy machine. Uh, the thing that lasts you goes on and goes down in history as the moment that the campaign changed and became this grand, you know, epic battle moment where the rubber chicken magic device that nobody thought would do anything beats the bad guy. It's not always going to be that way, but it can be that way occasionally. And I think that allowing yourself to to frame things in that situation and giving if you don't give the situation the opportunity to be that, then it can never be the grand moment. If you are instantly depressed and hopeless because of a flaw or a bad dice roll or a bad situation or a failure of an event, then it will just be failure. It, if you stop there, then that's just what it's going to be. I think that for a lot of ideas on how this really applies. Uh, Dan Harmon has several, uh, there's several videos where he talks about it and there's other people that analyze it, but he, uh, of course, creator, one of the creators of Rick and Morty and Community, a, a avid writer and a, a pretty fun D&D player as well, but a, he talks about the story circle and it's like an eight phase, I think, uh, cycle where characters it's all about overcoming a flaw a need or a failure and then changing because of it and I think that that's the really key thing is the the changing because of it if I would have just taken the pork and overcome the the fact that my sauce got super reduced by just kind of restarting the sauce then nothing changes. I still remake the pork with a new sauce, right? I overcome the failure, but I don't change. And it's that change that is the character growth that then makes for something new, right? If the fridge would have been replaced and the 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 soda attendant goes back to serving cold sodas, sure, they overcome the flaw or the failure, the situation, but no new thing is discovered. So I think it's it's taking a look and seeing what can I do to not just overcome this situation, but also change and adapt. Maybe by facing the dragon, my character's no less afraid or no longer afraid and now brave and is not always the stick in the mud anytime we're thinking about initiating combat with a monster, and is instead maybe excited, um, maybe taking that too far and becoming a new flaw where now they're brazen, and they are too quick to jump into the combat because once they beat a dragon, now they think they can beat anything. And so it's, it's getting into that feeling. It's looking at a character that maybe does have a couple of stats that are in the sevens or eights, uh, but enough stats that are high enough that go, you know what, I can make this work. Maybe my character is going to have, you know, you're going to have more than one dump stat where you're just going to have some flaws. And maybe take a look and see what kinds of flaws can you apply to that character that play off of the fact that they have low stats, right? If there's a If there's a low charisma... Maybe they are cowardly, or maybe they have, 
anxiety and have difficulty talking to other people. I mean, real-world flaws can totally apply to fantastical fictional characters and can be fun to play through. Even if you don't have experience, maybe you don't have anxiety, but taking that time to play a character that does have anxiety may give you some insights in the real world when it comes to understanding the situations that other people have to go through. So don't be afraid of having a character that has a flaw that you don't have because that in itself can be that transformative change that you can experience in your own life and literally allow you not to just walk a mile in somebody else's shoes, but a whole adventure in them. So that's all for the episode today. Please let me know your thoughts, your comments, or your episode ideas. All of my social links are down in the card website that is in the show notes. Uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter, so you can find me there quite often as well, at A-N-D Dinners. If you're looking for more content, check out my other podcast, which is Pick Up Your Sticks. It's a long-form conversational podcast about why gaming matters, co-hosted by myself and my dear friend Walker Near. I'm really excited to be sharing this journey with you, and remember that love is the secret ingredient. Have a good day, friend. Thanks for stopping by.